and welcome back to another episode of the Anime Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, here with my co-host, Matt. Today, we will be covering part B of My Hero Academia seasons one through three. If you haven't already listened to our last episode, please do, because where we covered seasons one and two. Here, we will cover season three and the Matt's manga mentions. Um, so everybody knows, season one kind of starts with that um pseudo forward and backtracking when it comes to going over the previous two seasons Mm -hmm. and then you see them going to the wilderness with the wild wild pussycats to help strengthen their quirks you see bakugo getting kidnapped you see the all for one one for all fight and then you see the um, the provisional license exam, and then it ends with the big three from UA. Also, it and in that same episode, it ends with Overhaul and the League of Villains meeting in the warehouse. Right. So this is a once again another shit ton of information getting dropped. And I guess we should really start this out with, this is where we find out where everyone who's passed these exams gets to go into this forest and... Well, everybody's going, but... Everybody goes, but not everybody gets to participate in, like, the the physical activities. No, so everybody participates in everything, but then the, I want to say the five individuals that fail have to do the extra training with Aizawa. Okay, I guess. And that was definitely part of it. I didn't know if, like, those individuals that failed didn't get to, like, participate in other activities. No, you're thinking of the provisional license. And that's when uh, they can't do the training. And then you also... The other instance is where Deku and Bakugo aren't allowed to... They're basically on house arrest. And they're not allowed to do the extra stuff slash know about the um, hero internships. Yeah, yeah, I guess that makes more sense. That was more at the end of the season three. Yep. So we're in the forest. We get to see that, what, there's like five different cats? Uh, There's three. Well, technically there's four. So there's the three women mm-hmm. and then the one guy who I have a joke about that one. <laughs> I mean, that dude was pretty powerful. Like He was expected to be like, what, like number eight out of all the pro heroes or something like I remember they were going through like this dude was one of the top heroes. Uh, if you give me one second, I can look into it right now. Yeah, I, he is not even close. He's 441. What the hell? Why? <laughs> or, excuse me, 411. He's 411. Is that his height or is that no, his the, number? No, that's his number. Oh, my God. Why <laughs> did I think he was one of the most top? Oh, whatever. Okay, that's fine. 411. Did they really break that down? Who's who's the 410 before him? Um, no, they didn't go that far. <laughs> but they, they basically list off, like, all the heroes, all the main heroes that you know about and yeah he they have him listed as 411 granted they have endeavor as number one so this is going to be after oh so this is probably today's date sure but he's still going to be way beyond yeah yeah. and yeah tiger that's his name (laughs) like i said i have a joke about that one okay so you 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 see all that their their quirks are really interesting because you have like the telekinesis one, you have the one chick that can make clay, essentially demons. Those clay monsters, yeah. Uh, you get the one that gets her cork stolen, who she can basically say, hey, your cork is this. She's got like the scan ability. The, yeah, the scan ability. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And then you have Tiger, mm-hmm. which I don't think they ever actually go into his quirk. Yeah, I don't remember much either. I just remember him being, like, very smart. Yeah, he was strong. Strong, yeah. But then he could, like, kind of mold his body, kind of like a Yuhak show where the, that one demon could flex and stretch his body around that one individual because that's what Tiger does. Oh, on, on the, the Ryzen's next in line? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, I can't remember his name right at the moment. But, yeah, the one who showed up in the human world and could fight Yusuke being a D-class demon. demon just because he was stretchy enough and had the experience, yeah. Yep, and, and basically that was um, his ability. One thing that I really liked is that you saw that no matter how much experience you have, unless you're doing things to help increase your quirk's ability, it is not your, your quirk is never going to get stronger. 
it's just like working out a muscle. If you mm-hmm. never work out that specific muscle, it'll never get stronger. Right. Which was the whole purpose of this training to begin with, because they said in episode 40 that the whole idea of this is to train on power. Yeah. And I had mentioned earlier, Bakugo, they, in the beginning, when they have that um, aptitude test, Bakugo throws, I, I want to say it's like a weighted ball or a softball or something along those lines. And he throws it the 470 meters. Something like that, yeah. And then the next time around, when, during, when they're in the woods, he throws it like 479 or something like that. Basically, it, didn't, it went up, but not very much. Right. And that's because they weren't focusing on their, the power of their quirks themselves. They were just learning how to essentially just use it. Yep. And, I mean, it's... It's kind of nice because later on in the in the season, you find out that they kind of stack on top of that by having their ultimate moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we start out by everybody trying to strap on extra weights on top of them using their quirks. You know, we got Bakugo using the shit out of his explosions. We got Tokiami in a cave trying to learn how to control a shadow even more. And everybody's just trying to max out and strain their abilities the best they can so that they can, you know, surpass their own limits. Yep. Uh, again, Deku is still using punches, so he's kind of useless. Uh, is Todoroki's not trying to use both at, at this point in time, like his uh, fire and ice at the same time. I think he's just trying to... Right. Season 3, he does not officially use them at the same time. Well, he does because right at the end during the provisional license, he uses his fire... And then to ward off the underlings of Great Orca, he uses his ice at the same time. So he does. He's working on trying to use oh, both. Yeah, yeah. But I only say that because I remember more towards the end of season three, he says, I need to focus on trying to use them both at the same time. Yeah. But of course, this is the beginning of season three where he doesn't know how to do this. Yeah, he's he's not um, trying to think of... Duel? Yeah, he, he's trying to use both at the same time. Mineta basically is just throwing off as much as possible <laughs> uh, so gross because they made a comment i don't know if it was like season one season two or i don't i don't remember exactly but i remember them specifically saying like if he rips off too many he like he starts to bleed and uh that's season one so he's talking about when after the league of villains comes he's explaining to izuku how his basically his cork works and he brings up the fact that if he uses it too much his head starts to bleed right he is 100% there for comedic relief. Yeah, because I don't know how he can make his quirk any stronger without the sense of like more endurance because it's not like he can make him grow any bigger or smaller. He can't control the size. He can just... I think can, it's all endurance. Yeah, it's got to be all endurance. Pure endurance, exactly. Well, it's just like uh, Kaminari where really for the most part, besides using um, items, support items... He can really the only thing he can do is being able to endure more of an electric shock before he fries his brain. Right. Uh, one thing he brings up that I think would be cool is he talks about having like an electric sword. Oh, he did say that. And, and of course, I mean, I thought cool Bara. Yeah. From Yu Yu Hakusho. So it would be cool if he had that ability. I'm kind of curious if he tries to get a support item that could do something like that, or maybe an electric arrows or something along those lines. Sure. Something that can at least shoot out something, you know, more specialized because we see at the end of season three where he's got that disc shooter thing. Yep. And he does like that spirit gun, you know, the spirit shooter that, Yep, this thunder shooting gun, whatever, where he can have a more direct. Yeah, basically, it's like a pole that is attracting his, like a lightning rod. Yeah, is what those pucks are for. So then, if there's an individual between him and the puck, then they get zapped to a much better accuracy. Yep. But if he were to make a handheld weapon or some kind of smaller projectile to a better accuracy whatever like his next upgrade is just gonna have to just increase his accuracy that's that's all i'm really getting at it kind of be like um oh man in fire force that one chick that can shoot like the isn't it that plasma chick that can shoot arrows was it her Ooh, when you're talking about fire force i got the plasma chick that can whip around like spider-man and then we have that one girl who literally shoots arrows oh yeah it was the, the chick that could shoot arrows like um 
Oh man, she was she had a cloth over her face and everything. She's one of those masked girls. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't remember what her name was, but it was it was it's that chick. It's been a minute. It has been a while since I've watched Fire Force. Hopefully, I think it's twenty twenty three when something's coming out for Fire Force. I'm looking forward to it. But Fair to much. get back to My Hero Academia, it'd be cool if he could figure out a way to be able to kind of either use an arrow, use a sword, or some other ability besides his lightning rod puck things. Right. Yeah, he needs more short-range, close-combat kind of fighting ability. Yep. Because he is he is an interesting guy. He just needs to be a little bit more well-rounded. Um, And you kind of see his, not at, not at this point, but you see um, his friendship, or it's uh, Kirishima. Kirishima and Bakugo's friendship uh, growing, yep. which is going to be super important for later on. Yep, for those who need a quick reminder, Kirishima is the red-haired, spiky guy who can turn his... He doesn't necessarily turn his skin into stone, but his, they can be as hard as stone. Yep. Yeah, he, he hardens himself. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing that happens is the League of Villains comes. This is the first time you see Dobby, who will be super important later on, and trying to think of some other... Well, just the whole... This is a whole new cast, which is... For the most part, the more new, more important and future main part of the League of Villains. I'm sorry, I screwed all that up. So we have, you know, you, you mentioned Dobby, and then we have... Um, twice. The, twice, who's just freaking awesome. And then we have the blonde chick. Uh, Toga. Toga. Then we have Mr. Compress. We got the lizard guy. Oh, you have twice? I don't know. Did we mention twice? I don't remember you mentioned twice. Well, I guess we're going to be twice and mention him again. <laughs> oh, I thought you were trying to make a joke. Like, just keep mentioning twice, twice. Um, like I said, we got that lizard guy. I, like, the lizard guy always just kind of reminded me of, like, um, like a Ninja Turtle or something. <laughs> oh, uh, um, and then we also have twice. And uh, muscular. Oh, muscular. He's probably, well, as far as the MC storyline goes, I mean, he's definitely the most important of that arc okay the, the super muscular guy what was it i don't know what was his name was, was his it, was his name was muscular it was muscular right uh then you had uh i'm just looking at it now so uh magni you had mustard who was the guy who could produce poison gas you had oh, yeah. moonfish who was the tooth guy i was gonna say who was that creepy ass tooth guy i didn't write down all these names and then you had the another Nomu, which could produce like chainsaws and stuff out of his body. Oh yeah, it never really came to clear because uh, right at the last second they got called off. Yep. So it was those uh, four, eight, ten, ten individuals. Yeah. And Shigaraki kind of calls them pawns because he's bringing up his RPG slash. Um, oh man, how does he describe it? Like oh. basically where he is. Basically playing a video game. Yeah, it's just another video game esque thing. So there was a lot of there was a lot of that went on. You saw Dobby kind of just burning up the whole mountainside. Right, like clone by clone. We didn't get to see him as himself because Twice always made. Oh, did we mention Twice was? I'm kidding. Because <laughs> Twice kept making duplicates of Dobby to go fight the uh, Ayazawa and the people that are not trying to fight back and. So, so was the Dobby that we saw talking to Twice a clone, or was it the real Dobby? Mm, I think, <laughs> well, I mean, we don't know. No, I would assume that the original Dobby was the one that was holding back. Uh, I mean, maybe. That's, that. Damn it, Matt, when you talk like that, it makes me think <laughs> that you know something more about the future. No, no, that, I, I can only <laughs> presume that that was the real Dobby. Okay. But it, Twice's abilities are insane. In- insane. You can't trust anything because they can just make multiples of multiples and the real dude can just be somewhere hiding. Yep, which that is a super important detail. But anyway, then you see the mustard guy producing the gas to kind of spread everybody out slash decap... And not decapitate. Um. <laughs> He's only trying to poison people, knock them out, and spread people apart and make them more scarce. <laughs> No, um, incapacitate. That's the proper word I'm looking for. Go. So, but you see him getting taken out by Tetsu, 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 Tetsu. Yes. A little bit more pronunciation on the. Tss. Yeah, yeah, Tetsu, and um, then Big Hand Girl. 
Yep, and the big hand, big hand girl, which I'm gonna draw a blank on her name. If you gave me like ten seconds, I could probably find her. But um, Kendo. Kendo, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Got it. So and then after that, I mean, the only other the big one was gonna be the muscular and Deku fight. Yep. So of all all the individuals fights that you saw which one was your favorite is it going to be the muscular it's versus deku 100 percent muscular. Yeah. i mean everybody else had a little bit of coolness to them um prior to deku fighting muscular i don't remember much happening to bakugo other than him walking around getting scared with kaminari or whatever uh he was with todoroki so todoroki and bakugo were together oh they were together yep oh Okay, I mean, I guess I'm confusing things at this moment, but yeah, let's let's talk about Deku versus Muscular. Because yep. Muscular, we first meet him, he's wearing this mask. Yep. I don't know, why did he wear a mask? Because he was like the newest member of the group or something Pretty like much. that. Pretty much. And like, there was some stupid ass reason. It, it was like some kind of like a frat where you've got to do some initiation bullshit stuff. Yeah, it was, it was all for naught, and mainly because... Why? Because he wanted to hide that he had a missing eye. Well, it kind of gave him away who he was. Yeah. So I, so, I kind of get it. And yes, then, well, we learned that uh, one of the pussycats, like what, co- little cousins or something along those lines, Coda. Yeah, it was Coda. Um, Coda's parents were killed by muscular. Right, and they both have the power of water. Yep. And now this same dude is back trying to hunt everyone down. Blah blah blah. And then Coda understands that this is the same guy that killed his parents. And originally he hates heroes because his parents died and left him for not. And then he understands that Deku is trying to save him for no better reason than just to save him. So all of a sudden his complex on heroes changes and he starts cheering him on. Well, that's kind of brings into a future thing. He hates all quirks. But the first time he meets Deku, he punches him in the balls. Oh, yeah. That was definitely very funny. Gives him a cheap shot. Yeah. But that was also the fight where you see Deku go 1 million percent all for one. Yeah, that was episode 42. Deku uses 100%, and then he boosts that up to 1 million percent. Delaware, Detroit, Smash. Yeah. Which kind of brings into question later on. In yep. the in the se- season when we got the all for one versus all for one, we got the United <laughs> States of Smash. One for all versus all for one. Did I say the same thing twice? Yes. Damn it. <laughs> God, it's the same thing just in reverse. Anyway, yeah. So what's the Deku goes one million percent Delaware Detroit Smash, and then we have All Might using the last bit of his energy using United States of Smash, which so was. I'm sorry that that was one of Alex's quotes from the movie. Like, so he would have been happy to hear this. For All Might, the states matter. Like, the names matter. Because if uh-huh. you, the, was it the Oklahoma Smash? He does, like, that whirlwind when he's in the League of Villains Maybe. hideouts. I did write down, every time All Might used one of his Smash moves, I did write that down. So if I go back and look at it, yeah, I could confirm. Yeah, it, it was one of his Smashes that it you hadn't seen previously, but it's like a whirlwind kind of smash where he just kind of blows up the entire building. Uh, so your Delaware smash was a finger flip. I wrote. Yeah. So every attack for all might is different. Yeah. For Deku. Well, Deku is just trying to emulate all might. So he's just kind of saying words and hoping they're <laughs> things. Yeah. He's just saying things. It's that kind of what I take it as what mm-hmm. again, just like the, the full cowling at 5%. Yeah, I mean, there's only so many signature moves. Like, Deku's definitely got full cowling as a signature move. Yep. Outside of that, we have Smash, and you might as well just take Smash as a Smash. Because like, for Deku, unless it's 100% or a million percent up to that point, it's pretty much all the same anyway. Exactly. So you, you can kind of just take him as yelling things, which in the manga, they kind of go into it a little bit where when his desire to win outgrows his or becomes more than his desire to save people he kind of just starts pseudo turning into bakugo where he'll just yell things to yell things so i kind of take it as Mm -hmm. that's what's going on where he's just kind of saying words because he doesn't know what to do with himself right might as well just start throwing out some nonsense yep and super ultimate mega super saiyan 5000 come on (laughs) yeah all out. So I, I really enjoyed this fight. It, it was nice to see Coda 
kind of changing his viewpoints on heroes. Mm-hmm. Again, this kind of stacks on the stain ideology where Deku is deserving to be considered a true hero. You get to see it again where you get this kid that absolutely hates quirks because, well, his parents died because they had quirks. Like was it they, quirks or was it heroes? I thought it was Well, they were heroes, heroes but they were heroes because they had quirks. If mm-hmm. they wouldn't have had quirks, they wouldn't have been heroes. Okay. So, Dakota, he lost his parents because they had quirks. So, he hates everybody that has quirks. Okay. So, it, it was good to see that. It was really emotional to see the letter. Again, hilarious that he's like, hey, I'm sorry I punched you in the balls. Right. Uh, which was also plays into later on in the fact when they're trying to move into the dorms and Deku uses the letter as support for him. Um, not, not support. That's not what I'm looking. It, it's where he uses it as his motivation to be like, I don't have to go to UA. I know I just need to oh. keep doing what I'm doing. In order to become a hero. Right, because, yeah, at that point, he was ready. Like, it didn't, yeah, at that point, it didn't matter if it was UA or not. It was. It needed to be a school A hero in school. general. Yep. Yeah. As long as he was going to be a hero, he knew what he was doing was going to be good enough. Right. So it's, again, I like how they kind of like to stack previous instances to kind of help affirm what's going on as they push forward. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. I really enjoyed the uh, compress verse, basically everybody fight, where it was Todoroki, uh, Bakugo, Tokiyama, Deku, and Shoji, Shoju, the multi-arm guy. Uh, Shoji, technically Uraraka and Su were there as well. Mm. Yeah, because they helped kind of in the end. Yeah, they propelled. They propelled. Todoroki and Shoji and Deku forward to essentially land on top of mm-hmm. Compress. I thought that fight was really good because you got to see them using multiple abilities together. Uh, because up to this point, Todoroki talks about how his abilities aren't suited for battling with teams. So you kind of got to see him battling in a team even with his abilities that weren't technically good for team battles. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have a favorite fight? Or I asked you that question. It was the uh, muscular versus. Yeah, it was definitely. I mean, the, the others were just fine. It's just visually and emotionally, it's it's got to be Midoriya. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I really liked how they played on Tokiyama's loss of control. Yeah, loss of control. Because he brings it up. He's like, mm-hmm. hey, when it's all darkness out, I have... it's harder for me to control dark shadow and i like how they brought that into the into the anime because they're like hey i saw shoji get injured Mm -hmm. and And you let emotion get in the way yep right okay because i was just about to say like dude's training in a cave where it's pure darkness how do you not lose control there that's because his emotions were in check so can't really go too far on that one yep so then really the only other thing to take away from this is the Fight with the League of Villains and then the three individuals, Todoroki, Deku, and Shoji. And because Deku's arms were broken, he couldn't, in his eyes, save Bakugo from getting captured. Right. Other than that, is there really anything to talk about as far as the Wild Wild Pussycats section of Season 3 is concerned? No, those those are all the highlights. We don't have to yep. nitpick. Uh, so then after that, you have essentially the all for one versus one for all arc. Mm-hmm. So we have all of the students feeling super sorry for themselves that Bakugo's missing slash taken. Yep. They all have a slight opportunity to save them. So they're all feeling guilty and all they all want to go save Bakugo, even though it's against the demands of their teachers to, you know, fucking stay behind, let the heroes do what heroes do. And because they don't have provisional licenses, they are technically not allowed to use their abilities against the villains. Right. That, that's going to be a big one. So they wanted to be technical. So they're not allowed to engage in a fight and they're not allowed to use their quirks outside of battle. Yep. Or they're not allowed to use their quirks in a battle or they're not whatever. Yep. Because they did use their quirks, but technically they're not supposed to use their quirks outside in public to begin with, period. Yep. Because that's going to disturb the peace. Whatever. I mean, they did end up doing that, but 
which is why they got scolded. But the point was, in the end, in parentheses, they didn't get into a fight. Yep. So, or or use, their, use their abilities against anyone. Right. To hurt anyone. Yep. Um, one big thing was the Ayazawa interview with the media and saying, hey, I understand that Bakugo is... Short-tempered and... Short-tempered, but he's driven. His only thing in life is to become the number one hero. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter what influences are around him. He knows within his core, he wants to be the number one hero. Right. And then that gave more hope to everybody else that, like, yes, even though Bakugo kind of has some villainous tendencies, his heart still remains as a hero, and he's going to say, fuck you, I'm going to be a hero. His personality is his quirk. He's very explosive. Right. But that doesn't mean he's going to be a bad person in the end. Mm -hmm. So this eventually leads to, well, let me back up a little bit. That whole press conference was more of a front because they knew that the villains were going to be watching that whole clip on live television so that they were going to give them the false security that, you know, they had like a day or two to prepare. When in actuality, they were going to take that moment and raid where they thought he was because Momo had placed a tracking uh, device on one of the Nomus, and they knew exactly where they were. So they used this as an element of surprise, and they attacked this base where the League of Villains was hiding, which was... So they they knew where the Nomu were because of the tracking device, but then you find out that all for... Or, excuse me, All Might's friend, who was a detective, was looking into the League of Villains, and they had gotten a lead because mm-hmm. from an individual who essentially recognized Dobby as a shady individual. Yep. And then that's yep. how they found out where they were in that bar area. Right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, all the little pieces come together, and the police and the heroes <laughs> work together, and they raid the main the main compound or whatever. They, they, raid, just... they raid both compounds yeah, at so... the same time. Yeah, so the, the villains get fucked up. All Might comes in. Uh, this ninja dude, Edge Shot, who can make himself as thin as a piece of thread, which is yep. weird. Uh, whatever. Uh, so they come in, they fuck shit up, and they're forced, they, they force their ham. Yep, and all for one, kind of, he uses Warp Gate to bring all of the individuals who are captured by Edge Shot slash... Oh, uh, man. I'm drawing a blank on his name again. It's uh, Komu Kamui Woods. So the, the had him all entangled. The branch guy. Oh, the guy that can control roots. Yep. Well, he he is essentially a giant branch. Oh, I suppose, yeah. But then all for one, he uses Warp Gate, brings everybody back, including Bakugo. Mm-hmm. And then the fight with all for one and one for all happens because, well... Of course, All Might comes to the aid of Bakugo. Right. So he finds out where they are. Just so happens to teleport everybody right in front of Midoriya. Um, well, they were Shoto. there. They were there because that was where the tracking device went to. Right. But it was yeah, that was right where All for One was, and All for One brought all the villains, and it just happened to be where Midoriya and his gang were. And and of course, anime logic. Everybody comes all together in one single location. And then, of course, now we got to get down to the meat and potatoes. All Might versus... Not even All Might. I got, one for All versus All for One. There it is. So the big-ass battle's happening. But we also have Bakugo sitting in the background holding All Might back a little bit. Yep. So now we need an escape plan. This is where all, uh, Midoriya comes up with a plan for Shoto to make a giant ice spear so that they can get super high and then... Tenza? Uh, Kirishima. Kirishima, excuse me. Kirishima basically calls out for Bakugo. And and because Kirishima and Bakugo have made a friendship, Bakugo will reach for Kirishima. Right. Yes. And I was going to say that after Ida gives him a power boost. Yeah. But yeah. So they're in midair. And then Kirishima's like, Bakugo, grab my hand. And Bakugo's like, don't tell me what to do, but okay. And then he grabs his hand, and then they escape. Which Thanks not- to Mount Lady, because she essentially oh, yeah. grows large and gets hit in the face. By a villain. By a... I don't remember which one. 
the m- magnet guy. Oh, the one who can attract or repel? Yep, that guy. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a couple... I suppose we didn't really talk about him, because this is, like, the last time we even get to see anything about him, I think. Can't yeah, tell. pretty much. But, yeah, so this guy can either attract or repel people, and, you know, they explain it when all for one force activates multiple quirks at the same time, which makes everybody teleport away at the very end. Yep. Because he uses magma to attract all of the villains together and warp gate at the same time so that all the villains attract to warp gate and put them to safety. Yep. Whatever. That's, you know, it's a little bit in the future, but now, okay. So now we got Bakugo, we got Midoriya and we got the whole class. They're in, you know, they made it to safety. Yep. So now we got all might one for all. And then we have all for one. Yep. They have all the room to fight. And you see all for one basically stacking quirk on quirk on quirk mm-hmm. on quirk to be able to fight All Might slash weaken All Might because he talks about he's really only doing it to weaken him. Right. And I wrote down in my notes, like, it just feels like a <laughs> RPG game where you're just sitting there casting, like, attack bone or attack up, <laughs> defense up, special attack up, and, like, and just all of that fun, stupid stuff that you need to boost all your stats. And that's exactly what All for One did. Yeah, and it was kind of crazy. It was so crazy to see all of his powers. Uh, I go into it a little bit in the... I'll go into it a little bit in the manga mentions. Okay. And, yeah, it was insane to see like his arm just go this the like width of a body in order to be able to attack all might oh yeah it was visually it was great honestly as far as a fight is concerned it was fine it was it was fine like we have two of the most extremes of the most villain and the most hero Mm-hmm. It was a it was a good fight. Most of I feel like most of it was talking. Yeah, there, there was, wasn't a lot of talking. Which is fine, but like visually, it wasn't the best fight. Yeah, yeah, I would go with that. Like, I would honestly take the Todoroki and Bakugo fight over the all for one, one for all fight. Mm-hmm. As far as visually, it, it it was a good fight. There was a lot of information that was brought forth. Oh, it was an insanely important fight. That's a hundred percent sure. Yes, but as, yeah, this just visually was lacking. Yeah, and, and um, but I mean, for a reason. The yeah, this fight was not meant to be all my. This wasn't the fight that happened five years previously. Right. So it it was it was a good fight. I wonder if they would ever make like a a movie. Or an OVA. An OVA, OVA of the sorts that would, like, make the original fight. I know they do a lot of spinoffs. I wonder if there is a spinoff on the fight between All Might and All for One previously. That'd yeah, be really cool to see. Getting, yeah. yeah, like, I, I, I think a single episode OVA would be too short. I think it would kind of have to be Like a, a an hour-long movie. That would right. be really cool. It, it would... It'd be really cool. I, I wonder if they do that or will eventually do that. Maybe after the series is concluded, because I know the manga is drawing to an end. Yeah? yeah. Already? Uh-huh. Well, already, but it's I know, but almost I, 400 chapters. So. Yeah, a good point. It just feels like I'm they could drag it off for as long as they want. Yeah. and But I mean, as Deku likes to say, this is the story of how I became the number one hero. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I don't know. I don't know how they'll do it, but it'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. They might do a, a huge long time skip to I, I don't know the end of All for One, and then Deku's an adult being the number one, basically the new All Might. Right. It. It. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they conclude the series. I'm really looking forward to it. But to get back to season three, it, it's. The fight was great. You got a lot of information. I think the biggest takeaway was at the end of the fight where All Might is pointing backwards at the camera and says, um, was it now Now it's your turn or mm-hmm. now everything's up to you? Something, something along those lines. I didn't write it down. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't write that down too. Wait, no, I wrote down, okay, United States smash. Oh, yeah, now it's your turn. I wrote quotation, yep. now it's your turn. Yep, so... Which, as we know, because we finished the the season, that the its true meaning was Deku. Now it's your turn to fight all for one. Right. So uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it was a good neutral thing that anybody could have taken it for themselves, but the the real purpose behind it was pointed towards Deku. Yep. Um, great fight. You find out all for one, or not all for one, All Might. Basically, his power is nothing. He can't keep his form anymore. But All for One has been arrested at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, is that going to be um, basically f- bite All Might slash one for all and the rest of the society in the ass because they didn't kill him well i guess we'll find out so it's just kind of one of those things where uh hopefully it doesn't have any repercussions right because all we need to do is let him escape and then boom everyone's screwed yep um but then after that we have I'd, i'd say it's kind of important you have the UA Academy moving to an all dorm style school and mm-hmm. they try to convince everybody or excuse me, convince all the parents that these students need to be living on campus. Uh, one thing that I really enjoyed was you got to see Bakugo and his mother's relationship. Yeah. Uh, the Besides Deku and his mother, I thought this was the other biggest piece of information. Yeah, more so just be like, oh, okay, so he acts that way because he was essentially raised that way. It, yep, so his mom. Yeah, now it's no wonder. Yep, it's him and his mom are two peas in a pod. Exactly. Chip but, off the old block. And and then his dad. It, it was the so, apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. <laughs> Many other things can we throw out there. <laughs> yeah, so they get permission to all live on campus. 100% yep. of the students, they're all good, so we're all good to go. And yep. soon we get to learn that everybody now needs to start learning their own ultimate moves. Yep. That's that's the next thing that they work towards is ultimate moves. Um, and they're updating their suits. Yep. Their too. hero costumes. Because the reason why that's important is because that's how Deku figures out that, hey, quit using your arms, use your legs. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's where shoot style comes into play. Yep. Did they have the teaching for dummies with All Might? I could have sworn I saw that in the in the anime. Teaching for dummies. So Maybe. so when Maybe. All Might comes and is basically trying to give pointers to everybody, uh-huh. he has a or Aizawa sees oh the book in his back pocket. <laughs> yeah, the book in his pocket. Okay, sorry. In the anime, they never they never even gave like an English caption of what the title was. It was just they showed it. Yeah, but I don't I don't remember watching it and when they get subtitled. But yeah, there was definitely a book. Yeah, so the book was uh, teaching for dummies. Okay, it, it basically a self help <laughs> book. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I was impressed by all my being like, oh wow, you're actually teaching them good pointers. And then yeah, he catches them. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you taught yourself and now you're whatever. But that was why the that part was important because now Izuku finally learns. Hey, instead of destroying my arms, I'm going to use my legs. Yep. Yeah, that, he's he's used his arms way too many times, and if he sustains another attack two to three more times, he can essentially lose the ability to use his arms just in general. Yep. So now he needs to start focusing on something more personal, something more unique to himself. He needs to start looking outside of the box of being more like All Might, and he needs to start being more of himself. And that's why he switches from punches to kicks so they can... Make his own, uh, make an own name for himself. Yep. The fight with Bakugo and Deku. Does that happen before? Before that happens it's like after. The, it's like the final three episodes of season three. Yep. So you you get to see all these special moves. Um, nothing, nothing super important there. Then you have, or no, then you have the entrance, or not the entrance exam. Excuse me. You have the provisional license exam. Yep. That happens. That's what happens next. And that starts off with shit ton of people trying to get into the mix. Yeah, Everyone, like 1,500 people. Oh, I don't know about the number. But yeah, we have a shit ton of people. Well, what was it? Only like 100 could pass in total? So it was 100 that passed the initial stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got to see so many more quirks. It was great. Speaking of people, did you notice that one guy... Did you know? Did you notice his the way he sounded? The guy who could the whirlwind uh, guy, not the whirlwind guy, the earthquake guy. Did you notice who that was? Yeah, uh, I, I wrote it down too because I, I wrote down <laughs> a couple names actually. Um, um, 
It was Earth- Shindo. Okay. That's a that's what his name was. Shindo is the earthquake guy. Yeah, Shin Shindo was. Oh, I wrote vibrate. He he's the voice actor who plays like Aaron Yeager. Yep. And uh, Sword Art Online. Yep. Kirito and then Anosuke. Yep. So super well-known voice actor. Yep. Okay. So while we're on the same vein, uh, the whirlwind guy. Yep. The one who's all fucking buff looking. His name is Inasa Yorashi or something along those lines. He has the power to control wind. He's like the main guy from the second most important high school. That was also another person I thought you would pick. Mm-hmm. Did you pick up on his name? No, I didn't. Okay. I, I didn't know who it was for the longest time. Okay. But there was a moment where he started falling. Okay. And when he was falling, he was yelling. And then I'm like, I fucking know that annoying ass <laughs> fucking yell. And if I say it that way, can you go back to quite a few episodes? Just tell me. Okay, so he's falling. It's fucking... It, it's from Ari Fuerta, the main character, Hajime. <laughs> and if you go back to our episode where we covered season one of Ari Fuerta... There was a couple times that I played his super fake-ass yelling as he falls <laughs> down the pit. I was like, that's 100% him. Yeah, that dude's name is uh, Matt Shipman, I even wrote down. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, you can see that. It's kind of funny, the voice actors. So, you get to see some kind of cool things. The I'd say the biggest takeaway from that is everybody in Class 1A passes except for Todoroki and Bakugo. Right, yeah, um, and which is kind of even funny because everybody in class 1B passes. Yep, which you get uh, Monoma, who is the guy that can copy. The annoying guy who's always, like, talking shit. Yeah, he's talking shit, but in, like, a weird, offhanded way. Yeah, like, yeah, I know my team sucks ass, but your team's supposed to be the best, and you suck ass. <laughs> yeah, he's got that uh, split cape coat. Yep, and he he has the ability to copy, so his uh, costume is basically him in a suit with a split cape, because mm-hmm. he's like, well, I don't need the to have cost have a uh, creative costume or something along those lines, right? Because I mean, to be honest, it's not like he's gonna know what he's gonna be stealing. I mean, unless he goes in with some kind of gang that he can borrow quirks from. Yep. So it's, I get it. Um, That's going to be super important. Then, of course, you get Mineta. That's kind of like trying to kick the dog when it's down thing where, well, now the top of the class is fallen. So my restructured things. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was more growth from Todoroki, which was nice. Other than that, I there wasn't like there was a a lot of information in, in the entrance or the provisional licensing sam but nothing of super importance no nothing too crazy really the only thing i would say is that um student that you talked about i'm drawing a blank on his name uh from the other school oh the one from the second best school the inasa yorashi the whirlwind guy yeah the whirlwind guy Mm -hmm. so he technically was a higher candidate for ua than Todoroki. Yep. Other than that, nothing. You just find out a new uh, new person. Yeah. Um, after the academy, or excuse me, after the provisional license, one thing I forgot to mention is everybody moves into the dorms, and then they have that, like, best room competition. Oh, yeah, that was, like, a, I guess, side. It was a side episode. episode yeah. It was kind of cool because you got to see beyond just seeing... All these people with different quirks, you get to see all these individuals with different personalities, Mm -hmm. different rooms, like super different rooms. It it was just kind of cool to see the different styles that everybody had. Yeah. But then after the provisional license, you have Bakugo and Deku fighting. Yep. We get to see Bakugo getting... Super fed up with everything. He's starting to pick up on all these cues. We learned that uh, Deku accidentally slipped up on saying that he had a borrowed quirk and he's going to make it his own. And it was very similar to All Might's. And he's he's putting pieces together and he realizes that as soon as All Might came to town, all of a sudden Deku was getting similar powers. And he guesses that he has his powers, but All Might doesn't answer. So yep. he's like, okay, well, you not answering is kind of answering at the same time. So he's like, okay, if All Might's not going to give me an answer, I'm going to pull it out of Deku. So brings him out into the open, asks him point blank. He also doesn't give him a direct answer. He's like, okay, now it's obvious. Yep. 
And then they fight it out. And that's not even the main point of the whole fight. Like, the whole point of Bakugo bringing Deku out to fight is because Bakugo feels insecure and gives himself all the blame for All Might losing losing all of his powers to begin with. Because if Bakugo didn't get kidnapped, then All Might wouldn't have had to go all out. And if Bakugo wasn't even in the way of the fight to begin with, then All Might wouldn't have had to hold back. So Bakugo put... I'm talking about the fight for all for one versus all one for all, whatever. So Bakugo puts himself in blame for All Might losing his number one hero position. Yep. And it's an emotional moment. Great scene. Yeah, it, it was... The fight was really good. The art... Or the excuse me, the animation was really good. Um, you get to see Deku kind of evolving in his full cowling that is now beyond full cowling. Um, and you get to see actual growth from Bakugo. Mm-hmm. Like you get to see him kind of pushing past his emotions. You get to see some growth in potentially a friendship between Bakugo and Izuku. Hundred percent agree. And the biggest thing is you get to see kind of the driving force behind Bakugo, mm-hmm. where, you know, he wanted to be essentially something, somebody that even All Might could look up to. Right. Like, or not really look up to, but be proud of. Right. Like, be yeah. worthy of taking that number one hero spot. Mm-hmm. So it, it was... It was really good to see. I enjoyed that growth in Bakugo and just kind of being willing to actually lay out his emotions. Yeah. So I, I really I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only thing to highlight on that one, too, is we get to see Deku go from full calling 5% to now full calling 8%. Yep. Yep, exactly. So uh, like, you, like you were saying in the episode, it doesn't sound like a big increase. But it's still an increase that's significant enough. That's like, almost twice the power output. Right. If, if you want to just yeah. put it very basic, that's twi- almost two times as much as he's been putting out. And he's been putting out a very significant amount of power to begin with anyway. So, yes, he's, he's grown quite a lot. Yep. Yeah. And it, it's great to see that there's no stagnation as far as that is concerned. Right. So then we have the right. next episode we follow twice. And it's just a little bit of a backstory. And now he essentially just, we get to learn about how he has got all these multiple people that he's making and he can't trust who's who. So that was, that was just a fun backstory on twice. But the the real purpose of that episode was him running into Overhaul, who was going to be our next main villain in season four, and trying to recruit him and bring him into the League of Villains. Yep. Um, after that, you run into the big three. I thought the that mini saga was super... Super good. I, I thought it was great because so you, so you've got Togata's ability. His you've got his quirk. You really don't learn about the other individuals of the big three as far as their quirks are concerned. Not in season three, right? Uh, you get the. It was crazy to see Togata being like, "Well, it's really hard for me to explain, so I'm just going to take all of you on at once." And gives all of class one a a punch in the sternum and basically defeats them is the best way to put it and with really without showing too much of his his abilities beyond your his basic technique right like he didn't have to do anything too crazy no he just used his technique and we just learned afterwards that Yes, we all got to see how fucking badass his technique was. Yep. And everyone thought it was amazing. But after he broke down the his quirk at the most basic levels, it's insanely hard to control. And yep. it took an insane amount of concentration to control his quirk body part by body part. Because if he messed up anything along the lines, he'd be, you know, like a ball underwater, he'd pop out. And then he wouldn't be able to do what he wanted to do. Like if he wanted to jump through a wall, if he wanted to dive into the ground and pop out in any direction. And you find out that he can't breathe. He can't take in light. Like he can't, can't even hear see. anything. Can't yeah. see, can't hear. Exactly. Like, yeah, he's at a very big disadvantage, but he makes it look like he's in control at yep. all times. Yep. And, and it was, I really enjoyed his quirk. I thought it was really unique and cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, he made it sound, yeah, I mean, every it doesn't matter what your quirk is, 
you can evolve it into something way better than you can even imagine. Yep, exactly. And then, of course, at the end, you get the overhaul and the Shigaraki Shigaraki conversation. Mm -hmm. If I remember right, they really don't even go into anything. They just kind of meet up, and that's the end of the season, right? Yeah, they just face-to-face. Yep. Stay tuned for season four, whatever they said at the very last episode. Yep, exactly. So it's definitely a, a really strong lead for season four. Mm-hmm. So that's everything I got as far as... I got one little quick thing to throw in there. Okay. Uh, episode 58 was technically a throwaway episode. They even started the episode by saying this is a side episode, which is really funny. Oh, yeah, the for them leading towards the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly, yeah. So this is basically an OVA, but technically it's canon because of whatever. Anyway, the main episode is a side event where Class 1A goes and deals with uh, a, a mock robbery. Yep. So that was all in good fun. But the real thing to pull away from that is... They're setting up for, was it the very first? Yeah, it was for the very first movie. Yep. Where they talk about David Shield and his daughter, Melissa Shield, sending All Might uh, email about coming to Eye Island. Yep. And this is what starts the very first movie, is episode 58. Yep. So, yeah, go back in time into our archives and find where we covered the My Hero Academia movies. It was only like, what, four episodes ago at this point, somewhere around there? Something somewhat recently, this past summer, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was. I think that was very cool to see that this movie didn't just come out of nowhere. It literally did come from the series itself. Yeah, they did make, so the creator made a manga on the movie, but it's just not canon to the original series. Okay. So it, it, you can take that at what you will. You can call it canon if you want, because the creator did make a, a manga off the movie but it's just not drawn from the original series it's kind of funny like a non-canon canon yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's good um yeah other than that i'm i think that pretty much covers season three yeah that's all i got for season three yeah and you know, that's all we're covering at this moment is no well for this is part b of the series so yep. you know, hopefully you listen to part a and without further ado i think we're gonna just jump into matt's manga mentions Nani? As our normal listeners know, I will start from the beginning of whatever the season we talk about or anything else and then work my way progressively through the season or series. One theme you see throughout is that it's much more vulgar, especially Bakugo. A lot of fuck this, fuck that, um, shit... Basically, he swears all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deku swears every so often. You get Deku some. Uh, swears? Yeah. Does he drop the f bomb at all? Um, off top of my head, I think so, but I'm, yeah. I can't. But it's not often. Just some of the other characters swear as well. It's your typical teenagers acting like teenagers kind of thing. Yeah. Just to go from the beginning, the All Might and Izuku workout plan. All Might calls it the Aim to Pass American Dream Plan. So that's what he calls his uh, workout program. Oh, interesting. Throws America into the mix. Yep. As people know, watching throughout the series, All Might definitely pays homage to American cities and states all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's not anything super unlikely. Then the entrance exam was on February 26th, and school started April 8th. Just gives time timelines to certain things. One thing is Aizawa has expelled 154 students up to the point in which Deku and his class went to started school. Interesting. So it's a, he has expelled a lot of students in his time as being a teacher. The first time you meet Mount Lady in that first fight, mm-hmm. uh, she causes 20 million yen in damage. one thing that they kind of bring is they talk about other things that they had the students talk about other things they had learned in school so for one instance uh, when aizawa was telling him that they were going to learn code names or hero names kirishima mentions how he doesn't want to learn about heroic related law anymore like, you just can't deal with heroic-related law. So you're seeing that, you know, they have other classes that they're learning beyond just hero classes. Mm-hmm. Again, not super important to the anime, but just kind of 
funny information that you learn after the fact. The names that Bakugo comes up with were slightly different. An example is Bakugo's first name that he came up with was King of Explosion Kills, not Lord Explosion Murder. So slightly different, but essentially the same premise. Yeah. Stain, you find out that he had killed 17 heroes and injured 23 more. Okay, so he's done plenty of damage. Yep. Ida's brother wanted to become a hero because he thought it was cool. Like, being a hero was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of one of those themes that you see throughout the series. That, like, uh, Mineta, he wanted to be a hero because he thought heroes were cool. But he finds out that... Heroes appear cool, not because being a hero is cool, but because the individual is cool. So just kind of one of those things, one of those concepts that you see throughout. Um, Ida's brother thought it was cool to help people. So in order to be cool, he knew he needed to help people. And so that's why he wanted to be a hero. So the fight with Stain is slightly different. So the series for the most part, does an amazing job as far as sticking 100% true to the manga. Every once in a while, they'll elongate fights or do certain things like that just to kind of either keep it more interesting or just make the episode kind of flow into a 23-minute period. Uh, But one thing that happens is the fight with Stain, basically almost the entire fight with Stain happens. And then you see Endeavor and Gran Torino do their things and then go to the ending of Stain. It's slightly different in the manga where it's just kind of Stain and Deku and all their fight and then Endeavor and then they just kind of meet up together. just a little bit different. Mm. It was uh, still a cool fight, though, seeing like Endeavor burn to a crisp all those nomos. Yep. Um, one thing that they really didn't go into very well in the anime is the fact that All for One has been around since the beginning of Quirks. Watching this for a second time, like they did say that, like he was one of the very original. Okay. Quirk holders. Okay. But I know for sure I only picked up on that because I watched this for a second time. Yeah, it's, it's, you definitely have to be paying attention then, Mm -hmm. or you're 100% going to miss it. Uh, So when All Might says thanks to Zuku after he finishes explaining All for One, he, you see a thought bubble and he is thinking that he won't be by Zuku's side when he has to fight all for one when Izuku has to fight all for one. Mm. Uh, um, real quick, I just want to rewind a little bit. Yes. To promote the fact that he was all for one, was one of the original ones. Yep. Why he's so old and why he's still around today is because they were hinting at the fact that he might have stolen the powers of someone that could uh, keep him young. Yep. So, yeah, I remember that one coming into play. Yeah, I do remember them talking about that now. Not that I really think about it. So just to kind of go back to what I was saying, in the conversation with All Might and Izuku, when All Might's explaining All for One, they just make it more dramatic in the manga than they did in the anime. Not saying that it wasn't dramatic, but they just did a a better job in my thought process to drive home the fact that All Might, at least at that time, thought he wasn't going to make it very much longer than he than he was so one thing is all for one keeps talking about shigaraki and becoming the next me so i think that's kind of just something um kind of foreshadowing i think that i think that's foreshadowing just because it's very direct like he's just leading super hard why would he say he's becoming me instead of just being like i want him to be my predecessor or certain things like that right that All Might says as far when it, he's talking about Itsuku. Which does beg the question, he doesn't have the power of one for all. So does this mean he's going to like temporarily steal Midoriya's power to give to Maybe. Shigaraki? Shigaraki? And then somehow Deku's going to get his power back? And then that's going to be the next all for one versus one for all kind of battle. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be interesting. Or does he have a way to transfer abilities 
to other people, but he doesn't want to transfer all of his abilities because he's essentially giving up himself. Or is he going to transfer himself to another individual? Well, that's what I'm wondering is like, because he doesn't, his quirk doesn't allow him the power to transfer like one for all does. Well, he has the power to absorb powers, but he doesn't have the power to give powers. Yeah, but then... But then, yeah, how do you explain the no-moves? Yep, exactly. So it's... It'll be interesting. One thing that you find out, so Midnight's quirk is sleeping gas. Yeah, she does say that. Okay, I I missed it. Again, that's just something I picked up on the second time, too. Yeah. I I didn't even remember anything at all about her power other than she looking like a hoe. (laughs) (laughs) And so when Mineta fights Midnight, when he's passing the gate... He says, just as one time's boobs will have to wait. <laughs> um, just stay just in, funny stuff, yeah. Staying true to Mineta. Um, I, I find him funny. He's a good relief to the seriousness when it comes to the show. Definitely. One thing that you don't ever really get a chance to see is when Izuku is doing his like mumbling ranting, mm-hmm. you just kind of like, what is he saying? And in the manga, you get to actually see what he's saying. Like, they, they'll print it all out. Oh, yeah, because the subtitles don't pick up on everything. Like You have to literally pay attention to the English yep. dub if you want to pick up on everything, yeah. And and it's, it's just funny to see. Most of it is legitimate nothing, but it, it, it is funny to see. So the event, the first year hero students are doing when they go to train in the mountains is usually for the beginning of second year students so basically that building of their quirk usually happens for second year students not second semester first year students so Mm -hmm. they're they're accelerating the training process for the first year students Mm -hmm. so bakugo threw the ball five meters further than he did on the first day of school when he did that um test to begin with five meters just kind of it's something, but that's not impressive when it comes to superpowers. It's 15 feet. Mm-hmm. It's been, let's say, six months since the beginning of class. So you'd think you'd be able to throw it much further than what he really did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make a joke about how Tiger is the only pussycat with the wrong gender and species. Because <laughs> it's a tiger and a, a dude. So um, that was just something I had mentioned earlier. Brought it up again. So Yosetsu, the individual who kind of glued Yagorozu's tracking device onto the Nomu, mm-hmm. he has the ability to weld item or weld whatever he wants to items. So basically, he has the power to weld, so he can change the genetics or the um, molecular molecular. The molecular. <laughs> he can change the structure of individuals to basically glue items to whatever he wants. Other surface. Yeah. Yep. Real quick, Momo. Yes. Before I forget, I wrote down a question. Yes. So Momo's power is to take the lipids in her body, and yep. she can turn that into anything that she knows how to create, if as long as she understands how to create something, right? Yep. She's got big ass boobs. <laughs> yes. If she takes lipids. Which is basically boob. Why does she have boobs? I think, like, I, I guess I'm not 100% sure what lipids are. Oh, lipids are fats. So uh, I think she just takes stored so, lipids. Uh, I think she's taking very specialized, very, <laughs> she's very, very strategic on where she's grabbing these lipids and she's keeping her boobs big and her waist thin. But I guess that would be the ultimate ability, right? You yeah. could keep yourself super skinny and keep your figure looking well, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, for us, it's just all for looks anyway, so... Yeah. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> um, so you remember when Izuku is in the hospital and Mineta says everybody pitched in to grab... Or to buy the melon? Do you remember that? It's the... the yeah, so they buy him a melon when he is in the hospital for... After the uh, mountain training event. So after he fights muscular. Mm-hmm. And he's bedridden for a while. Yep. The class brings him a melon. Mineta tells Izuku that, hey, we bought the we pitched in and bought this for you. It's a melon. Oh. You, you can you can just believe me on that one. And 
The reason why it's such a big deal is melons usually cost around ten to fifteen thousand yen, mm, which yes. means they're one to two hundred dollars. Yeah, melons are not naturally grown in Japan. Correct. So yeah, I guess that makes that's that might be a cultural thing that might make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it once you know that you're like, oh man, so that is it's much more significant only because it costs much more money than if we were to go to the store and spend ten bucks on a watermelon and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a rare thing out there. Watermelons are delicious. Yep. They're nothing to us because they're so common, but to them it's a it's a much bigger thing because it's a lot more rare. Yeah. Yep, exactly. You get to see Sue's family. They are all frogs. <laughs> Literally that's all all I took away from that. All right, so no surprise. Uh Kirishima mentions uh, basically it's a reference to Amazon saying you can buy whatever you want on Amazon when it comes to buying the night vision goggles. Yep, I was about to say. And and they also brought up Moogle in the anime. <laughs> Instead of Google, it was Moogle. Yep. You learn how All for One kind of gets a C. So he uses an infrared ray quirk to sense his surroundings. So he can sense his surroundings using sounds and vibrations. That's how he knows what's going on. So he is actually blind. Mm. Okay, that explains why. Yeah, because that was going to be one of my questions. Because during the fight, you don't get to see like the eye. You get to see... like. The, the patching over his eyes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so he has ultra senses outside yep. of that. Okay. He, he essentially has um, daredevil sensing. Mm-hmm. They, the students moved into the dorms in the middle of August, so they make a mention of that. So from April to August is when all the events happen. Okay. Uh, just kind of gives you a timeline on everything. So everybody knows the Night vision goggles that Kirishima bought were 50,000 yen or about 350 bucks. Oh, okay. I, I mean, that's expensive, but 50,000 yen sounds insanely expensive, you know, if you were to try to relate that to US dollar. Yep. But $350. Still expensive. It, yes. Especially uh, for a high schooler. Yep. Um, Ayazawa does tell the class what the uh, for the provisional license he does tell them that less than five percent of the individuals taking the test are going to pass so he at least gives them that sort of heads up and then just so everybody knows the end of the third season starts and ends on chapter 125 so if you're going to start picking up from season four you're going to want to start on chapter 125 Unfortunately, I did not make a reference on when each season ended. You just got to start with season three. Sorry, people. Yeah. <laughs> we covered one through three. It was We start with one, we end with three. Yep. Um, and that's really all I got. Like I said, a lot of it stayed the same. There's so much talking when it comes to the first handful of seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the seasons go along, the talking subside or gets lessened but in the first few seasons it's a lot yeah insane amount of characters an insane amount of backstory it's just this is one of those shows that if they really wanted to it never has to end there's so many characters to dive into the story can move at a snail's pace and we can learn a shit ton about individual characters at the same time where we feel like we're learning a lot yep yeah it's i completely agree i'm really enjoy this season of the series So I can't wait until we cover the rest of the seasons. But that's all of Manga Mentions. Lance, do you have anything else that you want to bring up? Uh, No. Um, This is part B. So uh, (laughs) this has been a very long night. So I am tapped out for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a lot. I hope everybody enjoys this part B episode while also enjoying the part A that we had launched previously. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on any of your podcast listening platforms. Again, make sure to check out our new YouTube series, the Anime Lounge Short Flights, and give us a subscribe on that as well. Have a good one.